All right, everyone, we've gotten one match under the belts for Orange County. Wasn't quite the uh, results I think we were all hoping for, but realistically, we all know that first match was going to be a tough one against Lou City. Uh, unfortunately for Orange County, it doesn't get much easier, and we're going to get into all of that, plus much more. Welcome to the Podcast of Champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's bring him in. The, the partner that I have uh, tonight for this episode, uh, Mr. Brad from Las Vegas. Uh, Brad, it's becoming a, a recurring theme here. You get introduced first uh, on a lot of episodes now. How's it going, my man? How are you enjoying that? Soon you're almost going to have to say each and every week, Brad joining me alongside. I'm going to be the new Dylan role. I, I think you're pretty close to that role at this point because uh, out of everyone, you've been the most consistent uh, part of the show in recent uh, recent times. Uh, but uh, let's do this. Uh before we get into the mix of things, we have one additional guest we're bringing on here. Uh, last time we spoke to this gentleman uh, was just before the championship match in 2021. Uh, and I think both sides were excited and confident going to this match. Uh, but he was gracious enough to come back. It took a while, but he's back. Uh, and that's Mr. <laughs> Matt from uh, uh, the group formerly known as Unused Subs. I, I don't know. that that's That's sort of no longer a thing, right? Yes, we uh, we we hung it up after last season. Uh, my uh, my my original co-host, who I think is going to make an appearance in a uh, a graphic you guys have, uh, has moved to New York and is uh, getting ready to start married life later on this year. Uh, and uh, and so we uh, there we are. We uh, we we decided just to go ahead and hang it up after eight nine I don't know, however many years it's been eight or nine years. Uh, so I'm still doing some stuff on the side and 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 still involved a little bit. Uh, but, but not doing the same thing that we were before. No, I totally get it. You know, for those that are not involved in USL championship, lower league soccer, podcasting, media coverage, um, it, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication and no one uh, makes any kind of money off of this unless you're really, really good at your job. Um, a lot of us just do this for the fun. And at some point, a lot of people decide, Hey, I have bigger, better, more important things to take care of. Uh, and, and Props to you and your crew because you all did a wonderful job, uh, and, and you, you know you were one of those uh, unused subs was one of those sort of standards of what you can sort of look at and how to base uh, a USL type podcast, a lower league type of podcast. So we appreciate all the work that you all did. Um, if y'all didn't realize, the reason we have Matt on here is he's a Tampa Bay Rowdies supporter. Uh, we saw that graphic. Uh, he was actually at that match in 2021 and it looked like him and his friends were not enjoying the atmosphere. Uh, uh, at least in that evening, um, regardless of any excuses or anything, but just let me, if you could remember back to that match, Matt, uh, what was going on on that ever so popular match? I think we were the ones that sort of cropped that out, tried to turn that into some sort of meme. Uh, but what, what do you remember was going on in your head uh, when that particular image that, uh, particular that video was... happened? That was right after the second goal, and I, I forget who the, the the guy was that scored it for you guys. Uh, like right after you scored it, just ran right in front of the whole midfield section, just taunting the entire section, and uh, much like uh, Aiden Quinn did for uh, Indy uh, last weekend with the, uh, the the alleged valid penalty, uh, we were you know giving it back to him a little bit there. That's part of soccer life, right? Obviously, these players know when they're doing some of this stuff. They're, some of these players know that they're taunting uh, the opposing team's fans, especially when you're on the road. They, we've talked to some players, not only uh, you know the fans, but you know they they know or they try to get under the skin of the opposing team in general. So 
I, I think, I think our fans remember there's been a few times, I believe like when Los Dos is playing and they're, you know, you know, purposely coming right in front of Caroline coalition to, to rile them up. And, and mm-hmm. so I think all soccer fans understand that. Yeah, my, my favorite part of that is that I had forgotten that was on a, a big ESPN for the evening. So when I went to my day job the next day, uh, which is teaching middle school, uh, I was not aware how many of my, I, first of all, I wasn't even aware that had shot had been on the screen until like the morning after when I woke up uh, and I got several questions about, uh, was that you? At the, on, yeah, yeah, that was me. They're like, do you know the girl who was flicking? Yes, yes, I, I know her. I know her very well. <laughs> yes. uh, the the wonders of being on actual real ESPN and not the the paywall ESPN. Uh, so anyone that wants to, or anyone that had a chance to see it, saw it, and that's really cool. That I mean, you hopefully you didn't get in trouble. Just, you didn't get in no, any trouble no. from your job, right? I mean, I wasn't the one flipping the bird, so. No. <laughs> They didn't catch me doing anything that I could have gotten in trouble for. Thankfully, the camera wasn't on at that point. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you this question, Matt, because obviously you're I, I believe you're still East Coast, right? So it's it gets a little late out there. I don't know if you have a, a bedtime you need to be off the air by or if you I, I'm on vacation all week. It's spring break for us. Ooh, you guys get an early spring break. Yeah. They, well, you know, they, they, it's off. It's off so we can celebrate my birthday, which coincidentally this Saturday, the uh, the day of the game. Are you going to make a trip out to Orange County to celebrate your birthday? Uh, no, no. My daughter has a volleyball tournament that weekend, so I'm going to be mostly at that, but also uh, sneaking away to the bar later on that evening to watch the, <laughs> for us, 10 p.m. kickoff uh, before getting her back to the volleyball tournament the next morning. So um, if you don't mind, let me do this really quickly. I want to sort of recap what happened this past weekend. We'll talk about Orange County. It'll give you a brief chance to talk about um, what happened for Tampa Bay so we can get an idea of what uh, to expect this coming weekend. Uh, but for the fans that didn't know what was going on, it was opening weekend for USL Championship this past weekend. And Orange County SC opened at home hosting Louisville City uh, at Championship Soccer Stadium. Uh, I, everyone probably knew that was going to be a tough match. Lot of optimism from the fans uh, and from you know I believe even a lot of us on the podcast some optimism for that match. Unfortunately, the results didn't turn out the way uh, many of us had anticipated as Orange County dropped the match one uh, three to Louisville City. Um, the the interesting thing and this is sort of my really high level analysis of the match and Brad, I'll, I'll let you chime in with your thoughts on it. Is I felt like Orange County look to have a lot more high quality chances um, to get the ball into the back of the net. And they seem to be putting their foot to the gas for a lot of that match. They just could not get the ball past uh, uh, Mr. Morton in goal, uh, except for the one goal by Mr. Kevin Partita, who we will get a chance to speak with later. But uh, unfortunately it, it seems to me the Tampa or sorry, Tampa Bay, the Louisville city uh, attack, they just caught us like on the counter in a couple of those goals. And it's just, it's difficult to, to leave a match like that where really it was just some quick troublesome counterattacking from Louisville city that really hurt orange County this match. Now, if I'm wrong, Brad, correct me on this, but that was just sort of my thoughts on it. I felt orange County had multiple opportunities to not just uh, equalize, but to take the lead before Louisville got that second goal. Uh, and then once they got that second goal, it was just a little bit too difficult for Orange County to overcome. Uh, Brad, what was your thoughts on the match for Orange County against Louisville City? Um, so I think it was a tale of, you know, kind of where Orange County, you see where they want to be. Um, the midfield is, I mean, given, I think, a lot better than last year, which was kind of one of our weakest links outside the back line. Um, so it was nice to see, you know, new members uh, stepping in like um, Mr. Peterson in the captain's role who did an admiral job. Um, seeing Nakim come in, Nakim come in, um, Villanueva played his heart out. Partida, I thought, had a particularly good game. I'm surprised they subbed him, although he kind of did what Kevin always does. And I don't know if he's in our green room yet. But he got a, yet another yellow, which is not surprising. He seems to be kind of all over the place with those sometimes, even with his uh, Reno days back in the day. Um, but seeing players just step up, step in, I was really impressed with uh, with 
Karede before he got injured. Um, but the team, I thought, played better in the midfield. A couple of big mistakes uh, happen. I think that second – or Orange County's almost second goal kind of led to eventually uh, Louisville's third goal, um, although I don't know if that was offside or not. It, Cameron Angle did not do it justice. But it was interesting. It was a good game. I think it showed that Orange County had a lot that they improved on. There's still a lot more to do. The defense was shaky at times, but played a lot better than I thought, given the scoreline. Uh, it's just you got to find a way to finish some of those can- chances. Uh, Chada had a good one. Doman had a one that just hit off the crossbar. It's strong. Uh, and I think Nakim – or not Nakim, sorry. Um, gosh, what's his name? Is it Emil uh, Nelson? Yeah, I, I think he Nielsen? underwhelmed. Yeah, I think Nielsen un- underwhelmed. Jameson needs to start. If uh, Osendina is hurt, Jameson needs to start in that spot. He played really well, um, but probably won't happen given that we have uh, – what's his name from San Diego who's going to be back in the lineup this week? What's-his-name will be back in the lineup this I, week. I'm all over the place. Love- you got to love that. Um, I don't know, Matt. Did you get a chance to watch anything on this match, whether it was just the highlights or any of the, the minutes of the Orange County-Louisville match? I haven't yet. I actually wanted to to, to at least watch some of the highlights to see uh, at least what Louisville is up to with some of their uh, their roster changes, some of the things they're doing. Uh, I haven't had a chance yet, but I am. Uh, oh, look, how convenient is that? Look at that, producer Andy, on top of it. Once we mention that, he brings him up. Um, I was just wondering, because if if you had any thoughts on maybe what you saw. Let me um, jump on what with Brad saw. There was a couple names that really stood out to me, um, and he called both of those names out, but I'm going to relay it and and sort of emphasize it, right? Bryce Jamison coming off the bench, he looked like a man on a mission uh, on the left-wing attack. Uh, he, and the the cool thing is he was right in front of Canline Coalition pretty much for all of that. So they got to see a lot of what he was doing out there. And I know uh, Larry was on the sidelines uh, manning the the social media, the Twitter account for us. And he got a couple good videos. And one of those uh, was with Bryce Jamison with some fancy footwork out there. He looks like a legit person that should get some good minutes uh, for Orange County this season and should contribute very well. I'm one of those youngsters that... Uh, Orange County has been really good at developing over the last, you know, three or four seasons. They've really worked on developing some quality youngsters. And I think that's the reason why a lot of these youngsters are willing to, or interested in coming to a team like Orange County, because, uh, you know, teams can sell the development aspect of it. But then if a player comes and either doesn't get any playing time or doesn't get a good opportunity or, the team's too focused on maybe having veterans in there as opposed to giving the youngsters a chance, then it doesn't really work out for them. Orange County has proven that they've sort of found that balance of uh, veterans and young players. Uh, so we've seen players through the the ranks, like uh, uh, Aaron Cervantes, goalkeeper, who moved on to Rangers, Ronaldo Damas, who moved on uh, you know, a couple seasons back or a season ago, I guess, a year ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you've got players like Osandina and Bryce Jamison, and then another player that was really strong off the bench, um, and that's Chada uh, from UCI. Uh, he was one of those players that came ooh so close to equalizing or at least getting Orange County back in the match. I can't remember when his attempt was, what the score was at that point. Uh, but he got a really powerful header off a nice cross uh, that I want to say was maybe a foot wide. Uh, I was right at the perfect angle watching that that header go onto target and he was right there. So it would have been probably after this goal that we're watching on the highlights. So it would have been a chance to equalize maybe, uh, but unfortunately it was just wide. And, and can I just say right now, watching this as a Tottenham fan, it hurts to see Mr. Cameron Lancaster score against my team, even though he only had one appearance with the senior Tottenham team. Um, it, it still hurts to see that. Cause I think at one point, uh, if I, if I can remember correctly, he was ahead of Harry Kane on the pecking order at Tottenham before injuries, I think really hurt him or the lack of development. So, um, but yeah, those two youngsters for orange County really stood out. Uh, one thing that was maybe a little worrisome was the shaky goalkeeping from uh, Colin Shuttler. I know he was, ha- had some good performances last season in goal when Rakowski was out uh, with an injury, but Oh, here's that header attempt right here from, uh, Oh no, this isn't, this is the dogman crossbar. Uh, that really hurt also. That looked like it was going to go in. Um, but uh, Shuttler looked 
like a young goalkeeper out there in this match instead of sort of the composed goalkeeper we saw last season. So uh, who knows what, what to know. I know there's rumors that Orange County might be bringing in another goalkeeper. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Brad, any other sort of names that stood out, whether it was for good or for bad, other than the ones you've already called out? Um, I'm just going to give a last moment. Uh, I was impressed. I mean, Louisville's Louisville. They're really good. And uh, Brian Ombi played probably one of the best games I've seen in a long time in this league. And I just have to give a shout out. He beat us pretty much. He forward and back across the field. There we go. There you have it for the a match between uh, Louisville and uh, Orange County. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. I, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing for Orange County, yes, they're at home, but it doesn't get much easier for them as far as opponents go. Uh, you're starting the season off against two of the top, you know, perennial top teams from the Eastern Conference. How, un- how unlucky or unfortunate for Orange County is it that, you know, two of their opponents from the Eastern Conference are the first two matches of the season, although it is at home, but it's against Louisville City and Tampa Bay. I'm going to ask you, Matt, that question because you know the East better than we do. How unfortunate is it for Orange County that their first two matches are against those two teams? I'm going to say it was definitely unfortunate to get uh, to get Louisville first game of the season because I'm watching those highlights and I'm just having some 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 flashbacks to the things that guys like Ownby and Lancaster and especially Josh Winder, who knocked us out of the Eastern Conference final in extra time last year. Uh, Paolo DiPiccolo, some of those guys are doing. Uh, but I'm honestly going to say that getting us in week two might actually be a, a, a good thing for you guys. We, we had a lot of offseason changes. Uh, brought in a lot of new faces, uh, especially in the attack. Brought back some some familiar names as well, too, to to strengthen up the defense, which kind of took a little bit of a step back last year. Uh, but in the offseason, we lost Leo Fernandez for the season to an Achilles injury. Last year's MVP, he's out. Uh, in the first 10 minutes of, of last week's match, uh, Lewis Hilton goes out, still uh, unsure the extent of that injury. Um so we're we're integrating a lot of guys, and 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 to be honest with you, watching the game on Saturday, it, it's honestly kind of hard to tell. I've been to a couple training sessions, uh, and seen some of these guys. They opened a new training complex this year in Tampa, and and, and watched them out there. But they also had a brand new pitch on uh, at Al Lang Stadium, and that I think they've only played once. Uh, you know, one you know legitimate kind of preseason game against Montreal Impact, and they had a couple. Uh, closed door scrimmages uh, as well, too. It looked to me, honestly, like like for both sides, the guys were having trouble keeping their footing. Guys were having trouble getting on the ball, staying on the ball. We saw some really weird, uh, just weird things, like a, like back heels to nowhere that I don't even think were meant to be back heels. I mean, it's, it's really hard for me to say what we're going to see out of this week. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on, on uh, Lewis Hilton's injury, how he's going to come back. Uh, we kind of thought maybe they might make a move to pull in a replacement uh, for Leo Fernandez, knowing he was going to be out for the whole year, but they seem to be pretty uh, confident with the guys they've got on the roster. Charlie Dennis, one of the new signees, started in, in what would be his normal position. Um, what I'm really looking forward to see, and, and this maybe will come in a little helpful for us, is is kind of our two main attackers. We've got like four new forwards this year, uh, but two of them come from the Western Conference. Cal Jennings uh, came over from uh, Las Vegas. And J.J. Williams, I believe, spent some time at, at, a, at a couple clubs in the West. So it looks to me like the chemistry is still developing between those guys playing together. Uh, we had an early, uh, well, not super, like 20 minutes penalty for a handball. Uh, and they look to have, I don't want to call it an argument because it wasn't anything that complex. Jennings picked up the ball and, and started walking towards a spot. And it looked like... Uh, uh, J.J. Williams was like, hey, you know, want me to take this? I could take this. And, and Cal just kind of, you know, holding the ball, turned his body away like, nope, it's mine. So yeah, I, I think there's still some chemistry to develop there. Uh, but they're familiar with the Western Conference, at least. Part of the uh, the thing I'm looking forward to is how is the travel going to impact us? We know travel, especially now that we're everyone's playing everybody. Uh, there's going to be some multiple cross-country games for some of these teams. How is that going to impact these guys uh, this early in the season? We'll see. Uh, I, I feel pretty good with our defense. We brought back Forrest Lasso from from Sweden, the two-time USL uh, Championship Defender of the Year. We still have Aaron Guillen back there in the back uh, and Connor Antley back there as well, too. 
past those two, past those three guys, though, we have uh, Freddie Kleeman and then two of our academy kids who have both played in Open Cup. Uh, one of them, Tate Johnson, got in to some games last year as a second half substitute, got an assist. So he's got some some experience and, and he definitely has a ton of confidence. I don't know if they'll be making that trip for, for this game or not, but uh, it's going to be a good test. I think for, for both teams, I mean, we're still trying to get a lot of guys integrated. It sounds like you guys have brought in some, some new players and new faces as well, too. Uh, one of the things that we've talked to when, you know, back when we did the podcast uh, talking to Neil Collins in, in uh, previous seasons is, is that the first month, month and a half is almost like extended preseason because everybody's still getting used to, you know, new conditions at, in stadiums, new faces around them. Uh, we were trying to figure out how the referee was, was actually going to call this game. There was a, a second minute yellow card for dissent. Uh, but apparently you can punch players in the back of the head and that's not even going to get a talking to. So, you know, part of it is, is knowing how some of these officials are, are going to handle things and also, uh, apparently you can foul a player like five yards outside the box and that's a penalty in the 90 90th plus sixth minute of stoppage. Not that I'm bitter about that still. That's also where my voice went. <laughs> you know, so I, a couple of things to talk about. So apparently we're, we're a little lucky. Tampa Bay is not quite the powerhouse that they, they may typically be in the past or they're still trying to figure out their stuff for the season. Awesome to hear there uh, for Orange County fans. Although again, still not going to overlook a team like Tampa Bay uh, when it comes to that, one of the things that Orange County fans uh, seem to be very passionate about is the USL sort of dislikes Orange County. Um, mm -hmm. Part of the reasoning behind that is after Orange County uh, beats Tampa Bay in the championship last year, the the thought is, OK, if we get Tampa Bay on the schedule, it should be in Orange County uh, the it following year as a rematch. 100 percent should have been that, it, that. That's something we all talked about here, too. It's like not really going to you know gripe about it, but it's absolutely ridiculous that the. That, that, you guys traveled back here again the year after the championship game. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like that. Orange County earned the right to host Tampa Bay if we're going to face them again. That's, and that's right. sort of, you know, when you look at just any sports league, it's sort of built that way is you get like that rematch and you amp it up and whoever won sort of gets the opportunity to host, especially since Tampa Bay hosted the previous match. Um, So we have to wait an extra year for that. Now these both of these rosters are completely different than than they were at the championship match. So you don't really get to get a true like, revenge match at orange County's home and whatnot. So there's that. Um, so I'm maybe what we can ask of you, Matt is since you're right down the street from USL headquarters, maybe you can go find out why that was the case and why it took that whole extra year for orange County to host Tampa Bay. Uh, jokingly obvious. I don't want you to I mean, get in trouble I'm, with USL headquarters. I'm, I'm about 45 minutes away, but I will be a lot closer Saturday and Sunday. Uh, especially on <laughs> Sunday. I, you know, I, I, I know. <laughs> Uh, well, it is going to be my birthday. Perhaps I will stop at some of the neighboring establishments while I'm in the area. Hey, support local establishments, right? Um, let me, let me say this. Cause you sort of mentioned, uh, some issues and this is always another recurring theme. That I think that a lot of the USL fans and shows talk about is the, the quality of the, uh, pro referees or the referees for the league. I know there's always people that are be like, Oh, that ref or, Oh, this, but one of the things that tends to happen is refs sort of stay local, right? So a lot of the times at championship soccer stadium, we see a lot of the same refs uh, at those matches throughout the season. You don't get, it's not like the NFL or the NBA where the refs travel all over the country and um, are doing all that. It's they're they're sort of local. So how, um, how much of a disadvantage is that for a team like a Tampa Bay, right? Coming out to orange County, probably have never had any of these refs as their refs for a match. So you don't have any kind of uh, camaraderie with a ref, a lot of, you know, in a lot of sports, Players get to know refs, refs get to know some of the players, and you might be able to joke around a lot. But in this case, it's a team literally from across the country um, with probably a Southern California-based group of refs. How much of a disadvantage is that for your team in this situation or any team in that type of situation? It, it, it's definitely a thing. It's one of those things I think I kind of chalk up as part of the the home field advantage, I guess, in, in, in the, the way the, the, our league is organized. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely – I mean, I know they put some some time and effort into – uh, researching the referees once the uh, the uh, the assignments are made and, and kind of knowing, looking at games, looking at some of the stats and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like going into the game Saturday, we 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 saw the head official and we were said, okay, this is going to be a, a fun fun evening, and uh, I guess in, in some ways it was. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something you kind of have to you know maybe take those that first 10, 15 minutes 
maybe kind of see what you can get away with, see what he's going to call, what the points of emphasis are, like what kind of things he's looking for. Uh, but yeah, that's just uh, that's one of the quirks of the game, I guess, around here. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I and, and going back to you know what you some of the things you're saying about uh, you know not being the powers. Like I still think we're going to be very good. I would not be surprised if we end up back in the Eastern Conference final again, just because it's what we've done the last few years. Um, one thing I took away, like Saturday night, obviously it was a draw that feels very much like a loss. Anytime you give up three points with about a minute and a half to go uh, to settle for a draw. Uh, and then I kind of thought a little bit more clearly about it the next day. And it's, you know, we're missing two of our best players in that game. With Leo Fernandez already being out, Lewis Hilton going out in the like eighth or ninth minute with an injury. Um, and and the players and the coaches will tell you that they overall did not play up to the standard they were they're expecting to be at. And yet we are still a minute and a half from winning against Indy, who, you know, Indy has been has been, you know, on a, a tough stretch lately last few years, but looking at some of the names they brought in because they brought in a bunch of former rowdies. We know how they, like our captain and all time leading scorer from the last few years is now Indy's captain. Uh, they've got a couple of players over there that, that we know pretty well. Like Indy's going to be a very good team. Indy. I'm ready to call them already right now with the upgrades to the roster and, and knowing their head coach, like we know them, like they're a playoff team this year. So uh, we'll get better. Hopefully sooner rather than later. We'll see how it happens. So my questions next, or at least my line of questions. So you shared a couple of uh, similar points to our last guest last week, uh, talking about Louisville, um, to where you guys both think that your teams belong, you know, perennially in the uh, championship game. Is this season a bust, knowing what you know now about injury and players is this season a bust if Tampa does not make the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, I would be very disappointed, yeah. I, I still think overall looking at the Eastern Conference, I, there are definitely some teams that made some improvements. I'm excited about some of the guys we brought in. I I, I was kind of open when they announced they had signed Cal Jennings. I'm like, I, I don't know who this kid is. I mean, he played college soccer in Orlando, and, and he's you know familiar to some people around the area. I just I don't have enough time in, 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 in my life to pay a lot of attention to other games and other uh, conferences other than what the Rowdies are doing and who they're playing. So I really didn't know anything about him. And I went to a couple training sessions and this kid is something else. I, I'm expecting to see a, a big year out of him once he gets going. Uh, and it's just the last couple of years, you know, we and we've been in the last three Eastern Conference finals. We've won two of them. Uh the, the previous years, we had a really good defense and an offense that did just enough. And last year, we scored the most goals in the league, and the defense was a little bit uh, of a step back. Uh, it feels this year, and I think you guys were saying it about your team, we've got a, what I feel like is a pretty good mix of veteran and younger players. Uh, our, our, our starting defense is a, uh, uh, it's a group that is that they have chemistry together. They've played together before, even though Forrest Lass was coming back from uh, a season in Sweden. Uh, the guys we have back there, I feel pretty good that they are going to be able to keep us in games until the offense begins to click. And I think if we can get the offense and the defense going the way they they should, I think they're capable of with guys like Cal and, and J.J. Williams. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun year to, to be watching Rowdy Soccer at Al Lang. So, yeah, going back to that offense that you are just talking about, you guys started both JJ and Cal um, over some of the options that you guys usually have had in the past couple seasons, like Lucky M. Kasana. Uh, do you have any insight? I know you're not full time anymore, but from uh, from your guys's coaching staff on why go with the the new guys over the returning players? They're really big on Cal. Before they announced the uh, the Cal Jennings signings, we were getting like you know messages and texts from the front office, and they're like, "This this is the big one. This is the the one to get excited about. This is the one that they are really high on." Uh, to be honest, Cal Jennings is the reason, and Neil Collins has said as much without saying it directly. Cal Jennings is the reason why they let Seba Guanzati walk to Indy, a, a conference rival, uh, without asking for a transfer fee, without trying to work a trade. Because they want first, they wanted him to go somewhere where he was going to play after what he's done for the club. Uh, but they are big on Cal Jennings as as being like 
the guy that they wanted to build this kind of attack around. And then part of that figured in with uh, Leo Fernandez being there, uh, you know, not as, as maybe the focal point of the offense as he was last year, uh, but in, in kind of more of a supporting role. Uh, lucky the last few years has, has been a, a super sub kind of player. Uh, and, and that seems to be the role he kind of relishes at this point. And he, he's, he's done well in that. So I think that's where we're going to see him most often this year. Uh, they also brought in Ariel Martinez, who is, uh, kind of almost up there with lucky in terms of age. I think he's like 35, 36, maybe a little bit older. Uh, but they love how he wants to the ball in a situation and, and he's had a couple, he had a pretty good preseason. Uh, and then the other one is a, a guy they brought in from Germany, Felix Schroeder, who arrived like probably about halfway through training camp. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why we didn't see him in the game at all. He's still getting uh, his fitness, still getting, uh, you know, acclimated to the system, acclimated to being in a new country. Uh, I, Cal and JJ, I think are going to be our, our guys, pretty much for the whole year unless one of them's in a really bad stretch or someone gets injured so really quick i'm going to jump in here because we do have uh our next uh, our next guest that we want to speak to awaiting in the green room we're going to bring him on in just a moment um but matt if you want to share any any in-depth analysis of your team this is the perfect time to do so while we have our next guest jumping on the show so get all that important information for us. But let's bring in this next guest. Um, he's basically over the last few months is probably just live in life, uh, you know, late or mid to late last year, a new father, uh, a birthday uh, just uh, just recently. And now his uh, a goal with Orange County. That's Mr. Kevin Partita. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Uh, no, we're happy to have you. Uh, just let us know how how uh, exciting, how amazing was it to score a goal in this match, uh, the opener here uh, this past weekend? Uh, what were your thoughts getting that ball into the net? I know it's been hard for you to get uh, the balls past the goalies uh, with Orange County. How did it feel to to open up that net? Yeah, it was, I mean, a little bit, I guess probably wasn't expecting to be, you know, I didn't come into this season or you don't usually come to seasons, you know, expecting to be, to be a goal scorer, but um you know, it helped. It it really felt good, obviously, especially in in the moment. Um, felt like, you know, the team was uh, having momentum shift our way. And then, obviously, you know, in the end, it was a, dis- a little bit disappointing to with the, with the end result, though. Obviously, yeah, the result that the team wants is that victory. And, and I, we all know that you guys are working really hard to get to that level and get to that point where you guys can get those victories, um, which is amazing. Hopefully, uh, it's this weekend against uh, Tampa Bay there. Um, our, you know, Obviously, we, we know that uh, from social medias, last year you became a father. How has that been for you? Um, how are you enjoying that life as a father? And, and how has that uh, sort of changed your mindset uh, just in life in general and as a soccer player? It's been, I mean, amazing, as I'm sure any father would would say. I think uh, he's seven months right now, so he's growing really, really quickly. Feels like every month flies by, and he's he's doing something new. So, just trying to to kind of you know embrace every every little moment, like like everybody advises to. But I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and also kind of kind of already a little bit hurts that it's flying by. Oh, trust me, it, it continues to fly by forever. By uh, my sons are now ten and twelve, and I, I I remember when they were in my arms. You could hold them like you know, like a football, and they just fit there perfect, and they would just sleep there forever. Uh, and now it's very rare that you want to get them to snuggle with you like that. Yeah, um, nice. and then you know, let let me ask you about this because one of the things we noticed a lot this weekend uh, against Louisville City. Uh, was maybe the pitch condition was a little slippery. Uh, I think a lot of players were sliding, slipping, um, falling down uh, out of nowhere. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Was it difficult to uh, to keep the balance on uh, a pitch that had been soaked with rain over the last few weeks? Uh, no, I think, I mean, we obviously keep it in mind, you know, as far as, you know, what kind of footwear we're going to wear for, for the match. But I think especially the guys that, that you know, have been – that maybe our returners to the club kind of know what to expect from the pitch. And I mean, if anything, I think sometimes it helps for, for the the game to just move a little bit faster. Even if we're like speaking on the goal, maybe a little bit like the ball moves pretty quickly. So, you know, it kind of, I think it helps the flow of the game more than, I don't know if I saw too many guys slipping. 
Perfect. Uh, and then there were a couple really close opportunities from your teammates. Uh, one from Dogman uh, off the crossbar, another one from Chata uh, off his head that missed like a foot wide. Um, out of those two, what do you think is the, the what, what was the most heartbreaking out of those to, to see those not go into the net? Uh, uh, do you think either of those uh, should have gone in? Yeah, I think Ryan's obviously it's off off the bar, so so it's a little it hurt a little bit more, especially it bounced straight down. You know, didn't like like hit the bar and fly fly out. Um, Ashish's was a really good opportunity, but it's a little more. You know, I think it would have been a, a nicer goal in the sense that you know a little bit less less expected. But you know, I think Ryan had a had a nice chance there and just got a little bit unlucky with with the bar. All right, well. Welcome back to the War Show. I believe we've had you once in uh, last season when you were new to the team here. Um, but I guess my question is, is this the Kevin Partita we're going to get later on in this season is a couple more goals, uh, a couple more, I guess, up the field play? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, I mean, having that, that goal, you know, in week one, it kind of, you know, does put it in the back of your mind that, you know, it's something that, you know, can be throughout the season, like you're saying, you know, I don't have to limit myself in a sense to to just uh, the defensive duties that I'm that I'm I guess most known for. So definitely gives me gives me the confidence to to join the attack more in, in you know, in the right moments. And then going back to the Reno days, uh, I believe the person who assisted you on that goal was uh, Mr. Brent Richards. Uh, what's it like having him on the team still this season? Uh, him in Seth Kasipley going back to those Reno days? Uh, you know, I think we've been together for so long now that maybe you don't, you know, we don't think about it as much, but it's definitely, you know, it's it's nice. It's just easy. Um, like I said, we've been together for obviously with some years, you know, in between. But, um, yeah, it's just nice to be really familiar with, with you know, a couple of guys, and especially last year when it was my first year coming in. So what coming back into the season through the preseason, uh, since I believe you weren't with the team all preseason last year, um, what's been most improved? What still needs some working on and what's kind of uh, pleasantly surprised you with how this team's been shaping up this season? Um, well, there's three questions there. Huh? So, yeah. So, so the good, the bad and the uh, to be improved on, I guess, or what's secretly surprised you? I think, uh, no, I think, you know, in the locker room, it's been really nice, the spirit of the group. I think, um, you know, obviously we had a lot of new guys, but everybody has, has gelled really well really early. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of egos and things like that. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we still have some, some things to work on. Obviously, getting three goals scored on in, in week one is not, not ideal, so um, I'm sure that's something we'll address. And, and um, I mean, we're just looking forward to really getting getting our fir the first win under our belts. Um, we know how fast the year can fly by, so yeah. All right, and then uh, our go-to questions: uh, Do you have a local shout out for the Orange County area that you want to give in terms of, like businesses? So I live in Santa Ana, so I spend a lot of time checking out the. You know, we have a lot of food trucks here. One on. One on every corner, it seems like so, and I'm a big seafood guy, so I just kind of, you know, alternate, try and find the best one. Um, if I had to shout one out, I would maybe say uh, there's one on on Bristol um, before first. It's called uh, Mariscos Pueblo Culichi, so that's one that it's close enough to me, and and I really like their food, so uh, that'd probably be one of them. All right. Perfect. Let me ask you this really quick, Kevin, because uh, we, we were talking earlier on our show that Orange County tries to get that balance between some good veteran players and uh, the youth movement and developing young players. Uh, are there any of which of the young players on this roster this season has impressed you the most at, at training and um, after this first match? Um, I mean, really, they're, they're all going to come in with different, you know, timelines, I guess, as far as as far as their improvement. But I would say this year is looking really good for us as far as the young guys, just because it seems like they're all kind of hitting hitting their stride now. So, you know, watching Bryce come in and, and really be just, 
you know, bold in, in the way he, he ran at players and the minutes that he got was nice. You know, honest, I mean, a little bit, obviously, as an older player, you don't expect that from young guys, but I thought that was really impressive. Um, Correa has been, you know, a lot better compared to, to year one. Not to say it wasn't good, but obviously, you know, 18 to 19-year-olds are going to improve, you know, really quickly. So um, he's been, you could, we could really see that improvement so far. And then uh, Joseph Buckley wasn't in the squad this weekend, but he's uh, he's been really good from day one, which is good to see. And, you know, Alex, obviously, we've seen him start games, so we've seen what he can do already and, and also provided some chances right away. So um, just as I said at the beginning, it's nice to see that they're all, they're all seem to be hitting their stride this year. So we hope that, you know, they'll continue that throughout the season. It, it, and, you know, you got to part, uh, play just part season last year with an, another youngster in Kobe Henry. And we, he moved on to France, which was an amazing deal. Um, do you see any of that in any of these young players? You see anyone that looks to be the next, uh, maybe Kobe Henry, that's going to take that big step in the near future? I mean, I think it could be any one of them, really. Obviously, you know, Kobe was was uh, was a standout, you know, in his his uh, he's a big center back and, you know, you know, he had some experience. Um, everyone's different, obviously, but I mean, you know how it is with young guys. They just need one breakout year and you're and you're pretty much gone. So um, I'm sure that's what these guys are striving to do. So uh, so I, like I said, it could be any one of them, really. And um we all know that you 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 play you you play really hard out there and, and you tend to sometimes pick up some cards here and there uh, with some of that aggressive play. Which uh, trust me, as uh, if I was your coach, I, I don't mind the aggressive play as long as it can be controlled. So I, I appreciate you going out there because it disrupts things. Um, how do you go when you get that that first yellow card? How do you go and uh, change your mindset for the remainder of that match so you don't pick up a second yellow and then um, hurt the team in that way? What what do you do to change uh, your style of play when that happens? Um, no, I think obviously the, the biggest thing is just to not get, you know, a silly yellow, you know, after, obviously after your first, um, you know, something just really out of, you know, unusually dumb. But aside from that, personally, I don't change uh, much just because I don't, while I do get maybe cards in there last year, I don't think I missed the game through, through yellow card suspension, but, um, Usually I try to be, you know, as much as I pressure and, and like the defensive work, I don't, I'm not much of a, of a fowler, I would guess. Uh, I mean, I would say, so I think I play pretty clean. So I, I just stick to my, stick to my duties. Like, you know, sometimes when you, when you play aggressively like that, it just makes it look worse than it actually is. Uh, I get that is. again. I appreciate the aggressive play. I'm, I'm all for the high press when, when, when talking to my youth players, I like to see them just in the face of the other team uh, and whatnot. Um, you know, you played with someone like a Michael Orozco last last season. Uh, did he? What did you learn playing with a, a player with that type of you know uh, experience? Playing with the the USA national team, playing you know MLS and and, and whatnot, or or playing at high level uh, soccer. What do you? What did you take from him? Um, and did he uh, give you any hint, uh, pointers, hints, uh, uh, tips of how to to improve your game? Uh, yeah, I mean, Michael was great. Obviously I, I got one season with him. Some guys got a little more, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, he has stories obviously of, of all his experience that, that he's been through. And, um, you know, I feel like I was lucky enough to kind of get closer with him as the year went by. So, um, I would pick his brain a little bit for sure. I think, um, you know, he's just really good at, uh, keeping guys level headed. You know, obviously he's a really humble guy despite everything that he's achieved. And, uh, I think you just learn more by by the way he carries himself and and how how much he was respected in the locker room. Um, sometimes that's the way that you learn things more than you know a guy constantly trying to to give you advice and advice and advice. Um, I'm gonna hand the the mic off to our guest Matt. He again he's a Tampa Bay person, so don't give too much information. But go ahead, Matt. I've just been trying to take notes, trying to get any any into. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, first of all, I want to say congratulations on uh, on, on the baby. Uh, I've got a, a daughter who is almost 16, and I remember those days like clear in my head, And although she doesn't. You guys aren't making uh, it any better, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
oh, it's all good. It's, it's the best thing in the world. Uh, but I wanted to go back. You know, they were talking about some of the refereeing things, and, and we were talking about that in the uh, the very beginning of the show. Um, especially now, would you have where everybody's playing everybody, and you guys are going to make some cross country cr- trips and come to the east, and our guys are coming out to see you guys, and and, and how these crews are all kind of like locally based. Uh, and the example I gave was one of our guys got a, a yellow in the second minute for descent. And, and I'm usually kind of one of those, like, if it's a foul, it's a foul whenever it is. But that seemed a little uh, kind of silly to me. I don't know what you got to say to get a yellow for descent in the second minute of a game, uh, the season opener. But when you're when you're playing the game and, and you've got a, 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 a crew that you're maybe not familiar with, it hasn't worked some of your games before. Like, do you do you guys take time to, to kind of study up on some of their previous matches, some of their is there like a, Hey, this guy is kind of quick on the trigger with the yellow, keep an eye out for him. Or, or do you just kind of feel them out during the game to see what, what they are and aren't going to call? You know, actually it's kind of funny because sometimes, you know, we'll have different opinions on referees. So, you know, like usually we don't, we don't, as players, we don't put too much thought into it. Maybe before the match, um, the staff coaching staff will definitely know, you know, who the referees will be and what, um, you know, what to expect from them and how to kind of how to handle them. Um, we kind of just see them once we're, you know, we're on game day and we we're out in the tunnel and we see who, who, who the ref is that day. Um, and yeah, some of us will, you know, will be maybe excited. Some guys a little less, but um, I think, I think we we're pretty familiar, especially if you've been around the league, you kind of start to get familiar with the, with, so you kind of start to, to know what to expect. All right. And then if you could just tell me the starting lineup for Saturday, that'd be, that'd be great too. <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah, at that. It's my birthday. Just call it a birthday present. You know, I, I know we still. <laughs> just, just give them a fake lineup, Kevin. Yeah, and, I was and say, tell them it's the I'll real be one playing I... forward. I'll be playing forward uh, on the weekend. <laughs> give me 11 um, and I'll believe it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Kevin, I appreciate you taking time to join us uh, this evening. I know, uh, you you got a lot of uh, stuff on your plate. Go go be a. I'm sure the the child is asleep, but you know I don't know if they're still waking up in the middle of the night and you're helping yeah. out with any of that. So you got to go get your rest to be ready for that. Um, any last uh, word for the the fans uh, heading into this weekend and what you want from them um, at Championship Soccer Stadium this weekend? No, I think they can just continue to expect what I think we, you know, again despite the result what we showed on on the weekend. Um, like you said, we had some chances to get at least a. A point out of it um we were as disappointed as as anybody and um i really think like i said with the spirit of the group and and the changes this year we'll you know we expect to win more games than than not so uh just to stick with us and and that we're excited to be out there again on saturday and to thank you to whoever was i don't know if i could was supposed to speak about the comments that i was seeing but just thank you to everybody wish me a a belated happy birthday and i saw a suggestion there too for another place so i might have to check that out yeah we'll we'll make sure there you go there's a suggestion we'll make sure we get you some of those suggestions um we'll we'll, we'll shoot them to you somehow some way uh again ladies gentlemen uh mr kevin partita midfielder for your orange county soccer club as always thanks for joining us uh and you have yourself a great uh, rest of the weekend uh, we'll see you this weekend at championship soccer stadium thank you guys Awesome. Um, you know, love when uh, the players come on and they, they're able to be honest with us and and talk with us and have a little bit of fun. That's why we try to not always just ask hard hitting questions. We like to ask some fun questions here and there and, and have a little bit of fun because uh, we don't want to put too much pressure on on the players. Uh, they, they take time out of their their lives to come talk with us and and let uh, let the fans learn a little bit about them. Um, let's get back to you really quick, Matt. Let's wrap up this coverage. Cause we don't have much time left on the show and it's man, it's getting late for you out there. You gotta, I know, I know you're on spring break, but man, it's still late. I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, what are the keys for Tampa Bay heading into this match to get a victory? Uh, number one, let's not get any, uh, any, any weird fouls early on and have to play with, you know, cards you weren't expecting to try and carry and, and, and deal with during the match. Uh, two, we've got to, you've got to get the chemistry down between the forwards. Uh, and just from watching that replay, our, our, our defense is going to have to be uh, on the ball because it looks like you guys have some, uh, some 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 pretty fast guys over there. Should be a fun match. There, uh, there are some fast guys on this team, I, I, and some high energy guys, which um, is exciting to see. I, I again, I, I like high pressure. I like the high intensity. I, I know it wears teams out and they get tired quicker, but. I like players that just are like a constant level 10 um, on the attack or a constant level 10 on defense. Um, 
especially when the ball is near them where they have, you know, they have opportunities. Um, that's the whole point of having a nice roster and you build for that. And when players start showing that they're, they're wearing down a little bit, you bring someone else in who can do it. So um, hopefully there's a way to do that. And, and from what I saw this weekend, there are a few players on this roster that look to be high intensity players um, on the offensive side and on the defensive side, which um, really makes me happy. And I'm hoping it works out. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know, Matt, but we, we tend to do this thing like called uh, fan predictions uh, or even I guess us expert predictions for the matches. And Brad sort of manages that whole, uh, that whole thing. And, and we tend to have information on this, Brad, do we know what's going on with these, these predictions? Who's uh, I guess you broke it down to like, on-air talent, written talent, and then fans. So give us the, the quick rundown on it. And look at Brad. Pull the Brad like he always does once a show. <laughs> uh, I know I submitted it to Andy before the show. I don't know if he was able to get it up in time, which is more on me than him. But, uh, yeah, I kind of broke it up since we have a written team, and they're doing a good job spitting out some articles for us. Uh, I took the on-air names that we have. He says no on the screen. Um, but... Scores got changed up this year. Uh, used to be 10 points to some uh, weird system that I believe Russell Butro made, one of our fans. Uh, I changed it up to be less weird. Uh, you get two points for a victory, kind of like in hockey, like a correct score prediction. Uh, one point for each score that you co- that you correctly guess. So if you guess a win and it's a win and two two goals to one, you can win four points that way. Um, if that's how it ends up in game. And then if you correct, guess the correct, correctly guess the first goal scorer for Orange County, you get an extra bonus point for an up to maximum of five. And I can just say nobody on their bingo cards put Kevin Partita. I mean, fairly so. That was his first goal in two seasons so far with Orange County, I guess the beginning of the second season. Um and so nobody got that point. We did get a couple of perfect score predictions, the one to three final. Um, those being Chris R and Lucas M. Um, as for on-air talent, the only players for us to score were Larry with a correct uh, Orange County score and Dylan with a uh, correct Orange County score and uh, score result. So Larry with one, Dylan with three, everyone else was zero. Uh, Andy was the only person from the writing team. I know he's our off-air producer, on-air producer. Um, but three points for Andy for correct OC score, correct game. And then uh, a couple of other ones in the community at large. I'll have those posted in the Discord later tonight uh, with some charts kind of breaking down uh, the predictions and what we were going into the game with. Uh, if you do want to make predictions in the future on our Discord, there is a link. Bring back uh, or go click on it. Choose week two. Pretty easy uh, form to follow and get those score predictions in if you want to be featured on a future episode. All right. But I, I don't know with this whole new like fancy schmancy prediction thing. Are we still doing predictions on air on our show? Oh, yeah. Dad? Of course we are. I don't know of how that works. All right. Yeah. So we're going to do predictions for the match. We're going to follow that format, I guess, of the predictions. Um, you know, who's going to win, what the score will be. And then what's the the other one you can get a point for is like who the first goal scorer yep. will be for. Orange I'll, County, I'll right? go first uh, to break it down simply for okay. you. Okay? okay, go for it, Brad. Okay, so my score prediction for this game, I think it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go with the same score line as I did last week, two to two. Um, I think that Orange County is still good enough to score multiple goals. I know Louisville got really lucky not allowing a couple extra in, um, but our defense still needs some working on. Uh, and my first goal prediction, you know, I was impressed with him. And if he gets some extra minutes this week, um, maybe a start, I'm going to say Bryce Jameson might score the first one if he starts this weekend. I like that pick. I like that pick. Uh, Matt, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you pick. Uh, you're going to be the person that picks this all for me. So uh, who's okay. going to win, what the score will be, and who's the first Orange County player to score if Orange County scores a goal? Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with my same prediction I made last week for uh, Rowdies and in Indy, which is 2-1 uh, for the Rowdies. Uh, so what else do I have to pick here? It's I've got um, score. Who's going to score that goal for Orange County? Who's going to score the goal for Orange County? Uh 
or I can pick that for you if that if you don't know enough of the roster. Uh, I would I would have to say uh, Kevin because I don't know that I know any other players off the top. All of right, my we'll head. go. Kevin Partita is going to get a second goal of the season here early on, so I'm going to go with it. I'm doing this. I'm committed to this whole uh, thing. Where's Kevin Partita in this whole sheet? I think he's not even an option for me, Brad. He should be. I put the. Whole I do roster. not see Kevin Partita on here. That would be a hilarious oversight on my end if he is indeed not on there. I, I literally <laughs> went off and of that is our why website. no one picked him last week. That is why no one picked him last week, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think many people would have picked him regardless. Uh, let's see. So I'll wait for you to update it, but we're doing a 2-1 Tampa Bay prediction with Kevin Partita scoring. Unless I'm just not reading it right because no, he's not I'm drinking there. Guinness. Who knows what's happened? He's not on there. Okay. Um, there we go. Uh, I will pick my prediction for the show, but my official one for the contest is what Matt said. Uh, I'm going to go with a one nil uh, victory for orange County. Uh, and the goal is going to be scored by um, Milan Oloski. He's going to get on the, the score sheet this week um, is what I'll see there. Um, let's talk really quick. We, we, we we're very only a few minutes left of time here. So really quick. I want to talk about this um, is, I don't have any knowledge. I don't have any names to share, but rumors are a potential goalkeeper for Orange County. I think we all sort of thought this with um, only Colin Shetler as the senior goalkeeper on the roster. You can't really have a team with uh, one senior goalkeeper and then a bunch of academy goalkeepers. So rumors are there may potentially be a goalkeeper uh, being added to the roster, but we don't know any names or what it may be, who it may be, or even if it's going to happen. Just rumors um, on that. Um Let's do this. Quick random thoughts for everyone. It could be a soccer-related random thought. It could be a random random thought. Um, and we will go – I will let Matt, because he hasn't been here for a while, so I don't know if he was prepared for this. I'll let Brad go first so Matt can think of something. Go, Brad. All right. So um, I am going to put this somewhere special, probably uh, underneath a car tire or something. But I got this nice little uh, – it's not showing up. It's a rowdy I start. love that your green screen As, is not letting it show up. Perfect. I know. Exactly. Uh, as part of a holiday scarf exchange from the USL Discord, it is going to find a very dusty place for this weekend. Um, I will make sure to post that for you online and tag you, Matt. But uh, that's my random thought of the week. Scarf. And awesome. really quick, Brad. Really quick, Brad. Answer the question on the screen. How do you feel about Domus signing in San Diego? In quick words. Good for him. This is a perfect place for him to continue his career after Sweden. Perfect. Um, Matt, do you have a random thought for us? It could be soccer related. It could be anything. It, it doesn't have to be soccer related. Or do you need so more time? So I have guys open over here on one monitor, and I, I have a tweet deck open on another. And uh, one Knoxville, which I think is a League Two club, is uh, is teasing the apparently a jersey uh, reveal tomorrow. Uh, and as someone who has spent a lot of time in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, my dad was from there, used to go there two weeks every summer for vacation. Uh, it looks sweet, and I think I'm going to spend some birthday money on it. Also, nobody asked, but steamed broccoli. <laughs> Ooh, he knew. He knew, uh, huh? Uh, um, my random thought is uh, sometimes when I watch TV shows, I, I like to watch stuff where you learn something, whether it's uh, information that's worthy to learn or just random stuff that you don't really need to – who cares about. Uh, but I'm, uh, I just wrapped up watching Toys That Built America. Now I'm watching Food That Built America. Um, so I'm binge watching those, those shows pretty cool. Get to learn. Um, I don't know how, how honest the stories are, but you get to learn a little bit about, um, you know, some things. So just learning about, uh, you know, I, I didn't know Colonel Sanders had killed some or had been involved in shootings at some point where someone died or, or what, before he became, um, the guy that we knew as a, in a white suit and, and whatnot, he was in, in a, he owned a gas station and the other gas station in town was painting over his sign. So they got in a gunfight, which was interesting. Okay. Um, I have watched toys. I haven't watched the food one yet. So I'll have to go back and check that one out. Cause uh, yeah, it interesting. Pretty interesting to learn where some of the food that we had and, and some of the disputes that happened with it, which was fun. I, I like to learn about stuff sometimes. And then sometimes I just watch dumb stuff too. Um, but that's going to wrap things up. We, we always try and get this at under an hour. I don't know where we are. Hopefully we're close to that. Um, but I would like to thank everyone involved in our show today, including Matt, our guest who stayed with us in the East coast for a whole episode. So it's now like midnight out there. Um, it's actually the next day for him pretty much at this yeah. point. Um, also our guest, Kevin Partita, who jumped on the show. Thank you for, uh, him for taking some time out of his busy life to, uh, talk with us, uh, about fun stuff. 
our producer Andy, and then those on the show that aren't here tonight who typically contribute, um, which would be Dylan, Alan, Taylor, uh, Larry, and then our writing crew, um, who, if you haven't checked it out, we're, we're producing a lot of written stuff now. I mean, it's it's a few articles a week at this point, um, which is really cool. And uh, I, I know it's a lot of OC-based stuff, but I know there's people that like to just you know, nerd out on USL soccer news. So if you want to read some stuff uh, while you are bored at work or bored at school, go onto our website, cscpodcast.com. Check it out. Um, especially if you're one of Matt's students, you know, while you're in class, go to our, our website. I'm sure he won't mind. Um, I, I would be amazed if any of Matt's students listen to this, this show anyways. Uh, but for everyone and for all of y'all that listen to us, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast and we are out. Oh, yeah.